Hey, everybody. Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a bonus episode from Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we're discussing two for the win, part of Hallmark's new year, new movies series. It's it's so hard for you not to say Winterfest, isn't it? It is. It's always (laughs) going to be Winterfest to me. If you are new to our podcast, you can find more from us at MeganAndWendy.com. You can find all of our podcast show notes there, as well as tons of regularly updated blog posts. We'd also love it if you'd hop on over to our Facebook group, which is Long Story Shorties. And you can follow us on Instagram for more real-time interaction, where we are at Megan and Wendy LSS. Also, send us your emails. We are at meganandwendy at gmail.com. We love to read them. We read every single one of them. And sometimes we even share them here on the podcast. Speaking of which, we do have an email from this week. And uh, this movie has some info about a New Year's resolution. And this email is from Scott, who says, You guys are a kick. I and a number of my friends are Hallmark movie watchers. I was a writer wannabe and as an INFJ... Myers-Briggs personality type, I tend to break things down along with watching for enjoyment. When I joke about Hallmark Christmas movies, it goes, girl meets boy, girl hates boy, girl gets involved with boy, falls in love, they break up over something crazy at one hour, 46 minutes, make up two minutes later, kiss, and it snows. So I just listened to you for the first time for a New Year's resolution. FYI, the writer must have been from the Chicago, Milwaukee area since, in Gurney, Illinois, approximately halfway between the two cities, there is a six- flags. And yes, there is a Milwaukee Pro minor league AHL team. And yes, you do wear a bathing suit, mainly to do the polar plunge. Speed dating was more a 90s thing before internet dating. And there's now a thing called Let's Do Lunch, where they get a bunch of singles together for our lunch. That's really interesting about speed dating being pre-internet dating. I I mean, I could see how I could see how that works, but... Internet dating started when? Late 90s? So Match.com launched in 1995, which is earlier than I would have guessed. Wow. I met my husband on the internet in, we got married in 2005. We met in 2004. We met on eHarmony. Wait, stop right there. You met mm. in 2004 and you were married in 2005? Yeah. We met... We got married one year and one week later. So how did I how did I not know this? Holy moly! Yep, we got engaged six months after we met, and we got married six months after that. Dang! Um, I didn't think we would get married so fast because at the time we were both teachers, and you know, teachers like kind of have to get married in the summer because it's hard to take time off and blah 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 blah. And I was like, "There's no way we can plan a wedding in six months because we got married February first. And my mother, who was like. I can plan a wedding in six months. If you want to get married this summer, you can get married this summer. And otherwise, we would have been engaged for a year and a half, probably. So, yeah. We got married on my mother's birthday because that was the one day available at our chosen venue. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Kathy. Otherwise, there's no way we could have planned a wedding that fast. Wow. I say that, obviously, you can plan a wedding in six months a wedding does not have to be a major production i had a major production wedding (laughs) i was gonna say i'm surprised that you were able to get your venue six months out i'm shocked i I think i think they must have had a cancellation wow 
Uh, yeah, because I would imagine that particular venue is typically booked. But yeah. Y'all, so- Megan had a super bougie wedding. Not that I was there, <laughs> but just where it was at, knowing the locale. Yeah, super bougie. Another fun fact about my wedding. You know, my dad, father of the bride, gives a speech. And about a week before the wedding, my mom and I said, hey, have you, you know, figured out what you're going to say? And he goes, you know, I thought I'd just say like, hey, guys, thanks for coming. And my mom and I both go, hey, guys. (laughs) So my dad was like, challenge accepted. And then gave this like 15 minute stand up comedy routine as his father of the bride speech, which people still to this day talk about. And I guarantee you, if social media had been a thing in 2005, uh, it would have been on the internet. It would have been a viral video. Yeah, it was one of the high points of the wedding, aside from the actual marriage. (laughs) That's nice. I'm still shocked that you got married one year after. I was a baby. I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Did you guys live together before you got married? Not for a single moment, no. Whoa! We bought a house. Uh, I don't remember. Maybe May we bought the house. We got married in August. And I lived there myself. And then my (laughs) husband moved in the day we got married. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. We're going to have to have a full conversation about this on our other podcast, I think, (laughs) because this is blowing my mind. Send us your wedding related questions, Megan and Wendy at gmail.com, and we will chat about them. (laughs) Thank you for the intel, Scott. It is really interesting to me to think about the timeline of speed dating. Okay. Speed dating officially began in 1998. So technically, online dating predated speed dating, but perhaps. I wouldn't say the online dating boom happened for a while. I think in 1995, meeting someone online was still like, you did what? Taboo. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I told my dad in 2004 that I met someone online, he was like, you did what? For a long time, I would tell people we met at an angel game because that was technically true. Because that's where we met in person for the first time. Oh, in a very large crowd of people. <laughs> yes, because I was still myself 16 years ago, very cautious, and brought a friend with me on that date, by the way. <laughs> Awkward. Hold on. There's there, there's more to that story. Oh, my gosh. I didn't actually Please. bring a friend. It's a long story. We'll For another time. <laughs> Please. I have to hear it. We'll definitely, definitely do this on the regular podcast. And we can talk about how my dad swore at my husband. <laughs> First time they met in person. Oh my said, God. Get the F off my boat. <laughs> oh, All my true goodness. stories. So. Oh, wow. Okay. That answers a lot of the questions that came up in our New Year's resolution episode. And if you haven't listened to that, we would invite you to go back one week and listen to our episode with Callie from Hallmark's The Spot because that was a really fun episode to record. Wendy hated the movie. I really enjoyed it. I would encourage you to pop back, give it a listen. Also, a quick note about our episodes with guests. Uh, We were lucky to have our friends Marianne Canada and LaShawn Wiltz record episodes with us. And... 100% our fault, my fault really, because I'm the one who downloads the audio. We had some audio issues there. We have learned a lot. And I have, in fact, since been able to clean up that audio even more than we were originally able to. We have republished the audio. So the episodes for A Nashville Christmas Carol and Christmas in Evergreen Bells Are Ringing is improved. If you haven't listened to those, go back, 
give those a listen as well. Yeah, because uh, Hallmark is showing those movies, I think, on every Friday right now, yes. the Christmas movies. So I will uh, definitely include them in our show notes. We've heard from several people who listen to the Hallmark episodes, even if you're not a Hallmark movie watcher. So if that's you, we would love to know that because I can't really explain why that brings me so much joy, but it really does. Well, it means that they like us. That's right. So this week's movie is Two for the Win, and I believe Wendy has a very long synopsis to go with this movie. I don't, actually. The one I'm looking at right now is only one sentence. I know. I was being sarcastic. All right. Here we go. Two for the Win. A world champion ski racer and local ski instructor find romance on the slopes as he returns home and prepares for the biggest race of his life let's do first impressions okay you tell me yours i quite enjoyed this movie (laughs) i have a feeling the opposite is coming from you no not the opposite i'm going to tell you my first impression without giving you an idea of how i felt about this movie and my first impression of the movie was this is perhaps the most rational Hallmark movie I have ever seen in terms of the behavior of the characters. They behave like adults. They have conversations about (laughs) problems before the last five minutes of the movie. There's like actual conflict resolution happening in the movie. I was, that was my overall impression was that these people are adults. Whether that's a good thing or not, we will get to later. Okay. Uh, How about some news and notes for two for the win? So this movie was filmed on Mount Pakenham in southwest Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And you know I love a movie where there is actual winter weather and snow. Mm -hmm. No soapy snow. I love it. Yeah, it was filmed during November 2020. So they did have to quarantine. I I, uh, checked out Trevor Donovan's Instagram and he was quarantining for 14 days prior to the movie. So Uh, speaking of Trevor Donovan's Instagram, did you happen to know one of his... Former jobs. Girl, I shared it on our Instagram. <laughs> As a former Abercrombie and Pitch model. <laughs> yes. So we do have a Girls Gone Hallmark Instagram. That is basically just to share content from from this podcast here. Um, anyway, I did share his Abercrombie and Pitch. I apologize that I missed that. I have actually put screen time limits on my phone at the urging of my 13-year-old, and I have been Mm -hmm. sticking to them. He also did all of his own skiing in this movie. I know. I was pretty impressed by that, actually. I was, too. Last note, he also played Teddy on the 90210 remake. Did you watch the 90210 remake? Not the reboot of the original cast, but the, like, W. Yeah, yeah, with brand new people. Yes, yes, yes. I saw... A couple episodes, and it didn't do it for me. I did not yeah. notice the Teddy. I didn't watch the entire series. Maybe the first season. I don't even recall if he was on it that season. But apparently, he played a pretty big, significant role. He played a a gay teenager who had huh. come out. So, yeah. Well, Charlotte Sullivan, who plays Kayla in this movie, um, she has like a long history as an actress. She's in a lot of cop shows, but notably her first on-screen role was in a, as an extra in a Liza Minnelli music video. Liza Minnelli? Yeah, it just tickled me to read oh. that. All right, let's transition to what we liked about the movie. Okay. Do you want to go first? I have a very long list, to be honest. Oh, good. Um, I have several things. Let's just go back and forth. One shot I loved was of Justin going up the magic carpet. I thought that shot was hilarious. Okay. 
That was very funny. But here is some criticism. I thought this movie had a ton of similarities to another movie, which we enjoyed a couple weeks ago, Taking a Shot at Love, where there was like this sports guy in rehab and the coach or the rehabber made them get involved in like the children's aged yes events whatever um so i thought that was interesting but i thought that was cute that he was going up the bunny hill i liked that both actors had like the same energy level um i thought they were very playful and fun they made it feel like they had a long history together so I like that very much, especially coming off of last week's movie where I thought that the <laughs> casting between the two main actors was so polar opposite. Really enjoyed Charlotte Sullivan in this role. I haven't seen her in anything else. I apologize, but I thought she was fun and funny and sarcastic, and I really enjoyed the two of them together. I like their chemistry as well. I disagree about your assessment about last week's character's chemistry, but we'll just leave that alone. <laughs> One line that I liked was when they were doing yoga and he was like, what is happening? She's like, it's Bikram. It's sweaty yoga. And he goes, seems really unsanitary. And I'm with you on that. There's... <laughs> I don't voluntarily sweat, and so I would have had the same feelings. That's funny that you say that. So I listened to another podcast that revolt, um, that reviews Hallmark movies, and they mentioned that scene in particular. And they were like, why did they call it sweaty yoga? Isn't it typically called hot yoga? Yes, I, I, that, I noticed that as well. I don't I know just, the answer to why they I don't, do that. I don't either. Okay, so I... Really enjoyed all of Kayla's dadisms. You know, those my dad used to say, my dad used to say, there was like three or four of them throughout mm -hmm. the movie. Did you catch any of those? Not that I could repeat back, but I did oh, notice them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of nice because, you know, her dad had passed on. So it was just nice that he was, you know, that he had such an impression on her. So yes. I, I liked it. I liked that part of it. Yeah, I liked the parallels between Kayla and Justin and their dads, and they were both kind of upholding their legacies. I liked Justin's friend, Wyatt. I don't so have anything else I. to say about that, except that I enjoyed him as a supporting character in the movie. I liked him, too. And I I thought it was real cute, like how he was so enamored by uh, Kayla's sister and how he wanted to go out with her so badly. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed that little subplot. Yes, and I also enjoyed... Um, at the end, when Justin's, like, considering going back out on the road, and he's like, come with me. And he was like, dude, I have a girlfriend now. Like, yeah, I'm not going to leave to go chase this dream with you. Um, I like how Justin and his dad healed their relationship. Yes. I thought that was very mature. It was kind of interesting to watch from the parent perspective, you know, being hard on your kid because you just want them to be their best and win and whatever so that was quite striking I thought but I liked that the dad had a relationship with Kayla and Kayla basically told him like cut that out you need to be more supportive and so I enjoyed that they like came around to each other yeah and I thought that was really realistic like this is how the dad knew to relate to his son right like he had been a professional skier he had this experience and so this was how he was finding a common connection and I don't think he realized the way the son felt with it felt like criticism where the dad was trying to find you know common ground to connect with him on I enjoyed the line dancing 
part yes, of Yes, me too. And I also enjoy when he's like line dancing is just walking to music. I don't know why I enjoy the line dancing. And it's probably because we're in our like 84 month of a pandemic. Made me want to go line dancing. Something I typically wouldn't want to do. Have you ever so been? I was like, like at a wedding, not like at a okay. cowboy bar or anything. But a Cowboy bar. Yeah. Well, they're in SoCal. They're used to, well, in Orange County, there used to be a bar called the cowboy boogie i don't know if it still exists anymore uh, but they would have yeah i've been there oh okay does and it, then it, it just transition to the boogie after a while oh <laughs> but it was like line dancing every single night wasn't it like at the height of like nines yeah when that was a country thing music. can we make it a thing again i know you have a pair of boots and you would put them on and we would go together i do a pair of boots okay so the last thing that i really liked um and you had talked about it earlier is that it looked like both actors could actually ski i know that we said that Sullivan has a history of being a skier i thought that charlotte sullivan looked like a natural on skis as well so i enjoyed that very much okay how about some uh uh-oh roadblocks okay so you had mentioned that this was a pretty even keeled movie is that what you called it what did you call it (laughs) yeah rational but even keeled work rational okay so there there wasn't a lot of like super huge obvious roadblocks Uh um that would make the story just go left Mm -hmm. uh the only real one i have a couple here but they're pretty minor the other female skier that was in town at winter mountain like she was watching kayla and justin like, what did she want to do? Uh-oh, I think I thought she was trying to, like, sabotage. <laughs> this, this is where my mind goes. I thought she was trying to sabotage his race. <laughs> but it, yes. it wasn't. It wasn't that Well, way. and then, you know, she, uh-oh, tries to take Kayla away unsuccessfully. Right. So, yeah. So, Kayla gets a job offer. Justin wants to maybe retire and stay working at the lodge like there was a lot of like baby uh uh-ohs i think yes Uh, another baby uh uh-oh is that justin can't stop insulting kayla's job when she first begins coaching him and she calls him on it and he stops and okay oh that's so funny i didn't even really yeah he kind of pushed back a little bit i guess well he was basically saying like you could have been great And she was like, I think I am great. You know, your definition of greatness and mine are different. And, you know, the fact that I'm coaching 12-year-olds doesn't make me any less fabulous. Okay, so here is what I have a little problem with this movie. I'm confused about the age of a ski coach because at one point she was Justin's coach before he went off to be come like this gold winner gold medal winner right Mm -hmm. so he would have been like a teenager so was she a teenage ski coach yeah that's a good point that doesn't necessarily stand up to too much scrutiny I think it would have been better if she was also a ski racer and then decided to stay at the lodge and just take over the family business or whatever i kind of liked that she was never a competitive skier because it i didn't want her to have to take a back seat to him i liked that she was great at her job and he was great at his and it was never like she couldn't make it as a professional skier so she had to coach you know there wasn't that like if you can't do teach uh storyline i actually kind of liked that part of it 
Even if the timeline doesn't add up. Okay. What did you wish for in this movie? Okay. So um, I don't have much that I wished for. Okay. I only wished... Okay. Here's a little backstory. My husband and I have been watching the Rocky movie trilogy. We've watched the Karate Kid trilogy. And in these movies, there is always a music montage of them, (laughs) like, you know, getting ready for the race. That's what I wish this movie had. I would have loved that. I wished for a little more excitement. So going back to my, these characters being rational, they solve all their problems, even our roadblocks, our baby roadblocks. I think that makes for a perfectly enjoyable, if bland, movie watching experience. Mm -hmm. I liked this movie. There were attractive people. I enjoyed the characters. But there were several times when it felt like they were going to go for like high drama. Like when he's training with his dad right before the race and his dad's like looks a little icy up there and Justin's like I'm gonna go for one last run and you kind of think like he's gonna get injured there's something bad gonna happen and then they just go have a beer and (laughs) not that I wanted him to get injured but there was no drama and you know we complain about sometimes the manufactured drama in these movies but I would have liked perhaps a little more it was almost bizarre to me how they have this moment they Justin and Kayla discuss that they have feelings for each other and they're falling for each other. And she goes, but I'm going to take this job. So peace. And <laughs> that's it. And then, of course, she comes back. I guess I like- that is Go perhaps ahead. a little more real, right? Like yeah. they talk it out and she's going to choose her job, which I love. But again, watching real life isn't necessarily the most exciting thing. I hear you. Okay, so mm, I think that's what I liked about it. I like that she was like, telling her sister hey this is what I want to pursue I really kind of want to do this and then Justin kind of like lets her down when uh, he says you know that he's considering retiring but then she gets the offer from the female skier and I was like awesome like that's great like here's your opportunity and he was like you have to go for it so I I like that he was like oh you have to go for it instead of like right our our relationship's over yeah i like that he 100 percent supported her i did enjoy that i liked them i liked their decisions i would like these people in real life i you know was cheering for them to get together because i this wasn't a situation where we have resolution in the last 10 seconds you knew that these people had a mutual respect for each other so i did like that i just was kind of like okay but i keep waiting for something to happen and nothing really happens well, even so, even at the be- or I'm sorry, even at the end, I think I was a little bit disappointed that she like was there on his race day, and she got the other skier to train at Winter Mountain instead. I would have preferred if she would have went to Zur- Zurich or wherever, and then he left his plans to go meet her. Yes, I think that would have been better. Because still in the end, I mean, she still wins by now she gets to coach a professional, you know, coach professionally. But she's still staying Yeah, why with the did guy. she send her to a competition without her coach? That didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think you can just say like, hey, I'm going to have my home base be Winter Mountain. But yeah, I'm going to travel with my, I don't know what you call someone you coach. <laughs> With my skiers. With my skiers, yeah. I also don't know that he needed to win his final race. Oh, okay. Let me tell you, I was super invested in that. (laughs) I had full body chills when we were showing him racing down the mountain. 
I was like, is he going to win? Is he going to win? I was so excited. But I do think it would have been better if he just came in second place. Because then it would have been like, okay, dude, yeah, it's time for you to retire. It is time for our favorite segment of the show. And I'm sorry to say I don't have a lot to say here, but that is the did you see that section where we discuss questions and plot holes and things we just need to talk about. Do you have anything here? I have a few things. Let's talk about the title of this movie. It's called Two for the Win. What does that have to do with anything? Other than it being catchy, I have no idea. Other than perhaps they're both winning, right? So he gets to choose what he wants. He's going to choose retirement. She finally gets to choose happiness in coaching a professional. It's a stretch. I, it's a super stretch for me. I'm like, like I'm just bothered by like those kind of things. Uh, this movie was based on a novel called Sleigh Bells in the Snow. No, nope. which no, nope. am I wrong? Fit either. No, that just oh, kind okay. of doesn't fit either. I know. So I looked up the book, and the synopsis of the book is completely different from the movie. So I was like, well, did the book inspire? the story of the movie I, I'm super well that confused. happens a lot so if you'll recall never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater that was also based on a book that I downloaded and started and haven't finished because I get easily distracted but that is very different the book is far more enjoyable and the book is very different so I think they take very loose interpretations of these books sometimes. interesting my only did you see that moment? And it's not even a complaint. It's the great leaderboard images. I was like, I'm watching ESPN. This is the freaking Olympics right here. I thought they did a great job of making it look like a real leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so I wonder, you know, they actually filmed it right on that mountain. So I wondered if that was like actually there already. And they're like, oh, let's just use this leaderboard. No, I mean the digital one that they pop up on screen to show everyone's position. I don't even, I didn't even see a physical one. I'm talking about like the digital overlay that they put on the screen to show you where everyone's standings are. Oh, like the ticker thing at the bottom of whatever. No. Yeah, but then they do like like an overlay. Graphics. The graphics, yes. And it showed like, you know, right before he skied, they showed who was in first place and oh, what it would I, take. I don't really remember that. That's so funny. That is I, so funny. They showed it twice because they showed it before he skied and then they showed it after he skied, showing him in first place. And I thought that doesn't look hokey. That was what I noticed. Like someone did their homework. They know what this is supposed to look like in a ski competition and they did a good job. Did you notice they had their first kiss at one hour, 12 minutes? Oh, I I noticed that it was early. Oh, I wrote, are we actually having a conversation about what happens next without assuming that he's leaving and throwing a silent tantrum? Are we actually discussing the future with 30 minutes left to go in the movie? (laughs) That's what I mean about this movie. It felt... Like they actually there was something else and I'm I'm gonna try to talk about this delicately. Uh oh. Charlotte Sullivan's hair and makeup were so harsh. I in thought the so white snow. I okay, so our friend Callie has already reviewed this movie and her biggest complaint was that whoever did Charlotte Sullivan's hair did her dirty because it was too blonde. It had like various shades of, of blonde and roots, which, you know, okay, we're in a pandemic. Maybe she's not getting her hair done. Um, For me personally, I just thought her makeup looked so harsh. And I was like, she needs to warm it up. She needed a little bit of bronzer. And I get that we're in snow, but 
that doesn't mean bronzer doesn't exist. I just needed to warm her look up a little bit. Yeah, and if you look up Charlotte Sullivan, she has had every hair color under the sun. She is drop-dead gorgeous. Um, and I agree, they washed her out in this movie. That is a good summary of it. They washed her out. Yes. Okay, and one more. Did you see that? I um, really enjoyed the transitions from scene to scene where they would show the slopes and people skiing down the slopes. And I thought, I don't know if it's called cinematography in a Hallmark movie, but (laughs) the cinematography (laughs) was beautiful in this movie. I love the lodge. I love the mountain. I like that everything basically happened in two locations, either on the mountain or on the lodge. And it it felt real to me. It did not feel like a set. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked their fire pit scenes. The only negative I had to one of the scenes is the when they did the fundraiser event, uh-huh. when they were, the silent auction, uh-huh. and it was supposed to be this like you know beautiful gala that they didn't call a gala. But <laughs> um, uh, there's one scene where you finally seen like a wide shot, and it's a very narrow little room that they're in, yeah. <laughs> and you know it's it's for filming purposes. I get it. You know, all the crowd scenes. So in the opening scene where they're flashing back to a sports awards and you've got this like tiny little red carpet crowd that they're trying mm-hmm. to like <laughs> hype them up. And, you know, A, we've got the limitations of filming a Hallmark movie and B, the limitations of filming a movie in a pandemic. You know, there were a couple of times at the in the final scene on the slopes where they were, had the big crowd gather around him. I think they tried to create the illusion of a crowd where they couldn't actually have one, mm-hmm. much like we had the weird scene in the Nashville Christmas Carol where they filmed a live show in front of an empty audience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really I'm I'm curious to know how much of that is pandemic influenced and how much of it is budget. One last thought. Yes. I thought I would really hate Trevor Donovan. I've never seen him in a movie, a Hallmark movie. I've never seen him in anything. I thought he would be super douchey and I actually quite enjoyed him. I liked him way more than I thought I was going to. I've definitely seen him in Hallmark movies before, but didn't have an impression of him formed prior to watching this movie, and I thought he was enjoyable. Me too. I had read a review that somebody was criticizing his acting skills, but that they blamed it on he doesn't get the depth of a material. Yeah, you can only do so much, right? Okay, let's get to the rating. What did you rate this movie? Upon completing this movie, I was like, this is a four-star movie. This is one of the best. Hold on. I was like, this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. This is so good. I could watch it again. I told my husband, who did not watch this one with me, I was like, this was the greatest one I've ever seen. But that was on Sunday morning. And I've had a few days to think about it. And I think because of the fact that Kayla came back to Winter Mountain at the end and some of the other little things and comparing it to the one movie that I liked a lot, Taking a Shot at Love, I think I'm going to give this one 3.25 stars. Okay, look at you, Star Search. I know. This movie, for me, gets the exact same rating that last week's movie gets, which is a 2.5 stars. (gasps) Get out! I enjoyed it. I wouldn't seek it out to watch it again. I found it a perfectly enjoyable way to spend two hours. I thought it was fine. Just fine, huh? 
I can't even believe you're giving it the same rating as last week's. Last week's I really was... liked last week's, and I think two point five is terrible. a perfectly reasonable rating. Just like I was prepping book reviews, and I give some books a three star out of five, and I think three star is a perfectly serviceable rating, an enjoyable it's a perfect read, average rating. I agree. Average. Enjoyable. Not terrible. Lots of things are average. I don't know. I don't know what was hitting me so hard. I really liked this movie when I finished it. I'm glad you liked this movie because I was worried after last week that perhaps we were on a downturn. Like maybe we had turned a corner and the bloom is off the Hallmark movie rose. So I am very glad to hear that you enjoyed this movie. We're in the middle of a five movie series called New Year. New movies. Again, bring back Winterfest. Next up, we have Hallmark's Love Ever After series, which is a series of four movies in February. Are you taking on the next four movies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You heard it here. We're not going anywhere. Bonus episodes for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm very excited to see them move through the seasons. Just I wanted to give you a little bit of an update. Um, I was told that Winter in Vale was an excellent movie from last season. So I watched it. Have you seen this movie? It stars Tyler so. oh. Tyler Hines and also uh, Lacey Chabert. No, Chabert. it's not Chabert. Chabert. Lacey Chabert. And she inherits her uncle's house in Vale. Uh-huh. You haven't seen it? I have not. Okay, so I get that Tyler Hines is, like, well-liked, and I loved him in on the 12th date of Christmas. He was such a jerk at the beginning of this movie. And I was like, is that a typical role for him where he plays kind of a jerky character that comes around and ends up being the good guy? He was in a Christmas movie in 2019 with uh, Kelly Pickler. And I am trying to remember. I think he might have played a jerk in the beginning of that movie who had to come around as well. That's not unusual for the dudes in Hallmark movies to get that placement because there has to be the conflict somewhere, right? They have to they have to not like each other. <laughs> there has I, to be a reason they come around. But yeah, that is a bummer because I enjoy him. Me too. But yeah, I think I'm kind of over that stereotype of men. Can't men just be like good guys? Let's create conflict somewhere else. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark, a bonus episode from Long Story Short, the podcast. Before you go, we would love it if you would drop into your podcast app and leave us a rating and or a review. Uh, That's how people find us. That's how people know about all of our great thoughts about Hallmark movies. And next week we'll be back with a winter getaway. The fourth. Very excited about me too. Um, The fourth out of five movies in the new year, new movies series. So until then have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 